Hey friends, thank you for pressing play and tuning into Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson, and you're invited to join me every week for transparent storytelling about life, love, and business. Get ready to laugh, to feel inspired, and challenged to get out of your comfort zone. We are all adjusting to this world of perfection experts doing it for the gram, when in real life, we're just out here trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. Hang on to our adult relationships, find the balance between side hustle and nine to five, and adjust to our new identities in marriage and parenthood. Each episode, I will help you see the growth and possibility in what's next. Are you in position for the next transition? Let's get into the show. Are you an entrepreneur who needs some encouragement from time to time, but you're tired of listening to boring affirmations that put you to sleep? I understand. That's why I created something we can bounce to. My name is Z and I want to invite you to download my album, Crowned Affirmations, the ultimate soundtrack of encouragement for entrepreneurs. Crowned Affirmations is helping so many of us stay the course. Stream Crowned Affirmations on all digital music outlets today. Welcome back to Women in Transition with Tia Davidson. I am your host, and today I have a guest joining me from the Millennial Wives Club Cleveland Cleveland chapter by the name (laughs) of Latrice Cox. Latrice is a woman of God. She is a wife. She's a mother and a friend to many. She does everything with the attention to detail and tries to be a true friend to many and make sure she does 110% part, <laughs> her part in any relationship. That's that's a little extra 10. Yes, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> a little extra. So Latrice, please tell the people who you are as a woman in transition. Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Latrice Cox, as Tia said. Um, I'm a woman in transition right now because of the position I just stepped into within my career. So I work for the federal government. It's been um, going on 12 years in July. And my newest position that I just transitioned into is the operations supervisor. So for 11 and a half plus years, I've been the person that's just been like the doer, do it myself. Like if something needs to be done, I do it and I just get it done. Now, as a supervisor, I have to motivate my employees to get the work done. And Sometimes it's as if, you know, I'll look at something and be like, oh, I could do that real quick, but I can't do that anymore. I literally have to try to get that employee to do that and working from home 100% right now. That's a little bit more difficult just because now it's either like, okay, we send them an instant message through our internal communication. You're trying to email. You might call them. You might call a cell phone. I'm not a, a micromanager. I really just want to tell you, you know, when something needs to be done, like for approaching a deadline and that you get it done. I don't want to have to be like on your case. So that has been my biggest struggle, I would say right now. And that's why I'm in transition. Oh my gosh, work. Yeah. (laughs) Work. From from doer to motivator. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's it's been, I mean, um, it's been trying somewhat. In the very beginning, I was very anxious about it. Um, And especially with just everything going on in our world right now um, with COVID and 
you know, trying to make sure that you keep the house clean and stuff like that. And then Mm -hmm. with my daughter, who's been at home with me the last, what, it's been like 16 weeks or something um, in the homeschool. It was just a lot to say the least, but I'm managing. I'm getting it done. You definitely are. (laughs) Yes. You definitely are. And that's why I wanted to share your story, Latrice, because you are one of the busiest women I know outside (laughs) of myself. Like, seriously, you're an active wife, you're an active mom, you're an active soror in your sorority, Mm -hmm. you work Mm -hmm. full time, you're very sociable, and you make time for the things you want to do. And so, as a person who is always busy and balancing Mm -hmm. roles, I wanted to sit Mm -hmm. down with you to have an open conversation to how recent events are affecting you, you know, as a woman already in transition, but then having to adapt and adjust yourself to, you know, what's going on right now in Mm -hmm. the world. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, exactly. So, um, it's so weird because I remember, um, I had some health issues like the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I, there was a time where I had to have surgery actually. And I remember my dad saying to me, um, I was like, man, I can't believe I'm going to be down for two weeks or whatever. And he was like, why is it that it takes you having a surgery for you to sit still? And when he said that to me, I just, I was like, am I feeling a little bit? For as long as I can remember, I've always been a a busy, busy person. I Mm -hmm. love to be involved in multiple things. So when quarantine hit, um, and literally that was in March, basically, for for the state of Ohio. and to be at home, I was not used to that. Like, not used to sitting still, being there with my child. My husband was still working outside of the household. So that wasn't as bad. Um, but it was just like, man. So it did keep me very, like, anxious for a while. And plus, like, my family were really social distancing the, the first couple of weeks, at least the, like, the good first eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was like really feeling like I was even grieving to an extent because Uh like say for example with my grandparents like just the thought of knowing that I couldn't go and hug them or touch Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. it was like really like mentally doing something to me or whatever and so Mm -hmm. after like eight weeks when it started to warm up a little bit here in Cleveland I was like I gotta do drive-bys I gotta do something so I would uh, like I would take off a day every like every two weeks or so, and I would go down there, take them groceries, um, sit in the driveway in my vehicle, roll the windows mm-hmm. down, talk to them. I was just, I can't I could not keep living my life like that. Like I know. not being able to touch. I'm like I'm super family oriented, so that whole process has been a lot. And then watching the news was a lot. So I try not to watch the news um, that often. Um, Mm -hmm. I would do it like maybe once a week instead Mm -hmm. of like watching it daily because you were seeing the numbers of things increasing. And and then with everything, then when Memorial Day hit, you had the George uh, Floyd situation. I was just like, oh my gosh, if it's not one thing, it's another. So um, it was tough. It was tough. So how did you find the balance in life's demands while taking Mm -hmm. care of everyone's needs, including your own during that time? So um, eventually I I talked to my husband about it um, because I'm usually very vocal, but I had kind of been like keeping it to myself a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I said to him, like, this is a lot with homeschooling, 
with work, me being in the new position. Like I started the operations supervisor position in February mm-hmm. and then COVID hit. So mm-hmm. you had all the top uh, other obstacles on top of that. And so what we did is um, his mother um, was actually working from home as well. And they are a little older, but they're, they, they're in pretty decent health. Um, and we have been quarantining. So like once a week, I would take, we would take Camille over to their house. Okay. And I would get work done. And so that actually helped a lot. Even if, uh-huh. and sometimes what I would do, I would take, I would send her over there on my day off, like my extra day that I would take off for myself. So uh-huh. I could just like do nothing. Yes. <laughs> um, and like really in the beginning, I would just do stuff like go out to get groceries because I don't take Camille into any stores with me or anything. So. Oh, well, that's safe. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that just getting her out the house for a day, giving myself time to do stuff. Um, that's what really helped me. And then just staying in my word, doing Bible plans and stuff like that helped as well. I love that. Yeah. Let's get into millennial wife life mm-hmm. and, and let's introduce the people a little bit um, to you as a wife. And so um, how did you know that you were ready to be someone's wife? Okay. So I can speak honestly. Um, I've always been a person who never just like dated around. Like okay. I always was like, okay, if I was interested in somebody and I feel like we was going to get to the level where we was going to be intimate, we was going to be committed, okay? You you ain't going to be, you know, with me and somebody else. No, that was not going to be the question. So um, when I met Matthew, actually, we... First of all, we met on blackplanet.com back in the day. (laughs) This was like in uh, 2003, 2002, um, right before I actually went off to BG and he went to Kent. Um, We just communicated like via AOL Instant Messenger for a while. We had mutual friends that attended, you know, some of his friends attended BG. I knew people that attended Kent. Back then, we didn't actually, we went on like one date and that was it. And so... um, Fast forward to 2000, late 2006, 2007, we reconnected. And then, you know, we dated. He was kind of like getting over an ex. Um, and so he was like, he wasn't really ready to commit. And I wasn't on that. So I made it very, very, I was very forward and said, you know, like, if we gonna keep doing what we doing, I, we gotta, I gotta, I need a title. Yes, I do. Like, yes, we're, and, uh, you know, we're having this relationship without any real title, but I need yeah. that. Like, you're going to be my boyfriend. If I'm going to bring you around family, all of that type of stuff. And so mm-hmm. he he took that step to say, yes, okay, let's be in a committed relationship. Um, and then after that, um, I told him things like when I, because I we had our own places and stuff. And I was like, you're not going to be in my house until, you know, <laughs> I, you put a ring on it. And I was like, I'm standing hold to that. So like. Whenever you get ready to do that, then you can be over here all the time. But like, right. Up until that, like, and so um, fast forward to Christmas 2010, he proposed at my grandparents' house. Um, we got married June of 2012. And like, you know, I just was always very clear about the things that I wanted and my goals. 
and I I made them known to people. I try to make them yes. known. I don't like to try to beat around the bush about anything. Yes. Uh, men are not mind readers. We know that even when we say <laughs> stuff, they still don't always get it. So exactly. I try to <laughs> I try to just be very straightforward. And I think my husband likes that about me. He's very nonchalant. So yeah, it's balanced there. That. In that. You yeah. be surprised. It's so funny um, asking, you know, people that question, and it it that's usually what it is. You know, they know what they mm-hmm. want. They're like, yeah. I ain't playing no games. Like, are you on this or not? Because if not, right. Somebody else keep it moving. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. But you know, some women are afraid to even, you know, be that straightforward. They're they're mm-hmm. still just waiting around. Yes. You know, hoping and wishing. Yep. That you know, the guy steps up, but it's like, if you don't put that pressure, that little bit of pressure. We'll, um, make, we'll make him. Yeah. Exactly. Like, okay. They just going to be comfortable too. And just like, exactly. yeah, I'm just, I'm just here doing whatever. Yep. yep. I agree. I agree completely. <laughs> and how long have you guys been married? You okay. So we've been married. Yes. We just celebrated our eight year wedding anniversary. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. And, and you have a huge extended family, right? I do. Um, so like, and when I say my extended family, I mean, even like very close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, our families are big too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my family is pretty big. His side is not as big as mine. Um, mm-hmm. but like I have, cousins and nieces and nephews and then I have like my stepdad side of the family and my mm-hmm. biological father side of the family you see oh, what I'm yeah. saying like all of that but like I always believe that um family makes you I mean like blood family makes you just related but relationship mm-hmm. makes you family so mm-hmm. I have people who like in all reality like I would probably put them first before some blood relatives because like if we don't have that type of relationship, mm-hmm. yes, we're family, we're related. Um, but that doesn't mean like if I don't even invite you into my home, I'm not going to invite you into some of the most precious times in my life. You get what uh-huh. I'm saying? So I do have a big extended family from, you know, like your childhood friends yeah. to your college friends. And then you got like those adult friends that you have met along, you know, within the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Um, but yeah, so a big extended family. Yes. So have you ever had any instances of having to put family in their place or keeping family and their opinion out of your marriage at all? Ooh, so when it comes to marriage, not ooh, not so much. Uh, people have been very respective of that um, okay. to an extent. I would say just like in regards to even when we were getting married, get ready to get married. You know how that whole invite list thing goes. Yes. That was an ordeal. Okay. <laughs> like, woo. <laughs> and I think some people are still in their feelings. Like, let me tell you, like recently, you know, every wedding anniversary on social media, I'll post like pictures and stuff yes. from our wedding date. And I actually had a cousin, my mom's first cousin, not my first cousin, who said, <laughs> she commented under a post like, beautiful. Uh, I wish I could have been there. And I'm thinking like. No, she did. Yes, she did. <laughs> I'm like, woo, Trees, don't say nothing. Don't right. say nothing. I just, so, I mean, I was like, thanks, cuz. I'm like, you know, this was eight years ago, though. And just okay. left it like that. Like, I mean, 
it's you can everybody can be invited to the table period mm-hmm. and that's with anything in your life um whether that's your wedding day or uh, a baby shower I mean like literally literally and I, I feel like it's because like when I do celebrations I, I try to I make that uh celebration wonderful I want everybody to feel good yeah. even if it's for me I want the people that come to feel good and I think sometimes people and family even they just want to say they were there yeah not necessarily that they're so happy about whatever you're celebrating but they just want to be in the mix or so they can post or do okay yeah i'm here for that not on my dime no Mm -hmm. i'm sorry those people that are meant to be there will be there so in regards to that's the only thing that i would say people have done pretty much everything else with our marriage uh people have stayed out of which is good <laughs> that that is good because that's good definitely you know have people especially you know like you're saying like with the extended family and things like mm-hmm. that like sometimes they just want to tiptoe in your business they do and yeah. they want to be nosy you yep. know just yeah. like you talked about I like agree. wanting to be involved and wanting to be well not even be involved want to be invited so that they can yes. like know what's going on oh. <laughs> yes yes very much so they just want to be there see who was there what was going yeah yeah i'm not for that no yes Mm-mm. no it, ma'am it, oh, yeah. that's the <laughs> Look, thing no thank wedding. you yeah <laughs> yes. exactly yeah yeah <laughs> so marriage is hard work we hear that Take all the miss. time marriage is hard mm-hmm. work every day what have you learned that will benefit the women listening now coming from the place of being married for eight years yes um one thing that I've definitely learned even though I'm very passionate about things and that come across even in conversation is that you have to sometimes um just kind of like I'm not trying to say change who you are, but sometimes it's just better left not said necessarily, or think about what you're going to say in a way that your spouse is going to receive it. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I'm literally like on a hundred all the time. Tia, you mm-hmm. know, cause we, I mean, we did our virtual yes. happy hours with millennial yes. wives club and stuff like that. And so I can come off a little bit aggressive sometimes mm-hmm. and I've been like that a good amount of the marriage and that's not always the best, <laughs> <laughs> a best way to be. And so what I've learned um, is that he receives things better from me when I, when mm. I'm not like, like, you know, so yes. intense with it. So, um, and that's not his personality, even though, We've been together all this time, you know, 10 plus years. You yes. know who I am. So at in the beginning, I was like, you mirror me. You put the ring on my finger. You knew this. You knew I was loud. You knew I was this way all the yes. time. Um, so, but I have learned that that's not the best way to be. A man does not want to feel like you're always barking at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even about like like nagging necessarily. It's just how in regards to communication. Yes. So I've learned that um, how you um, get across that information that you want your spouse to receive is very important. So how I put it out there, you know what I mean? Um, or the time that I say is the time and place to say everything. Um, yes. So that would be the biggest thing just in regards to communication not necessarily changing who you are, but making sure that 
your spouse is going to receive it in the way that you want them to receive it. Yes. So I think that's very yeah. good advice. Yes. <laughs> you know, even for myself, because again, like coming, being a millennial woman and how we mm-hmm. were raised again, I say yep. all the time as being independent yes. women and we're used Ooh. to, you know, doing things <laughs> on our own and, you know, like, uh, girl, I still it's have nice. to remind myself. Okay. It's nice to have you, but honey, I don't yes. need you. You know, right. Mm-hmm. Like I, so, I just wore a shirt yesterday that said it's handled black women everywhere. Yeah. Hey. Like, I'm going to ask you once, but if I come back around and it's still there, I got it. Exactly. I got it. It's handled. Don't worry about it. So I try, <laughs> I try to be mindful of that too. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. And, it, and it is like a transition of it your mind. You kind of train yourself not to react how you initially yes. act. And like you saying, mm-hmm. like, like bargaining. I'm yes. like, why are you doing yep. this? <laughs> you know, that, was, that was a big issue for me too. It'd be yes. like, um, can yep. you, you know, can you just be more nice about it? Like, you right, know, I'm just right. like, yes, but I'm like, it just takes too much time, you know? <laughs> You're right, Tia. Like, like yes, how I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Like you said, like, you've been with me yep. for years. Like, uh, uh, you know, yes. how I am. You know this. You know it. Yes, it's so true. It is so true. Yeah. Definitely relatable. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Yes. You, that was good advice. <laughs> so for the okay, good. Yes. Yeah, definitely consider that and think about your tone and your delivery when you're communicating with your significant other because it matters. Yep, it does. It definitely does. So how do you, we posted on um, Instagram the other day on the Millennial Wise Club Instagram page. How do you and your husband make decisions about your household and what Mm -hmm. do you do when you but like you guys don't agree you know and and Mm. maybe there's not one person who's an expert in what in right decision is to make like how do you guys handle how do you I guess the question is how do you guys make decisions about disagreements within your household right so that is tough and I, I honestly feel like that's still a learning process like we do not have it down pat we are not the experts in that um, and really is, I think about, you know, really trying to make sure that you're listening to the, what the other person has to say. And if it's a more heated or, you know, conversation it's best that you separate, then come back together at a later time to try to discuss those topics. Um, but going back to delivery, I kind of feel like that's important. Um, usually my, like if there's some, I'll, I'll always put out there, hey, babe, I'm thinking about doing this. Um, what do you feel about that? And so I know, like, if he's kind of, he's so, like, he he really doesn't, like, I don't have to check in or anything like that. But to me, it's a respect factor. Yes. So I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he's never, he never tells me really, like, no to anything. Oh. But I know if he's hesitant about something, then that means, that's my cue to know that, okay, he might not be that comfortable with this. So I need to consider like, okay, do I really want to go forth with what I was thinking? Right. Um, even though he was like, you know, he'll say like, I guess you, I guess that's cool or something like that. I can just pick up little cues to know that mm, maybe I need to figure out something else in regards to that decision. Um, and other disagreements that we have, like we don't have really any disagreements about how we raise our family or 
the things that we do around the home or anything like that. Usually our disagreements are about random stuff. Like we'll be watching a show and I like uh, Insecure, for example, girl, we used to be going back and forth about stuff like that. Like that's where it could be going, like honestly, or with sports or with anything. Those are the things like politics and current events is where we would kind of debate things or when we had all them thousand of Democrats that was running for president, you know, <laughs> we would debate about like, those are the type of disagreements sometimes that we would come across. Yeah. And then what we would do, you know, like any millennial couple, go to Google. Yeah. Here you go. Send, send each other a video. Like you trying to prove me wrong. That's all you want to do. <laughs> but those were the things that we would do. And sometimes we would just agree to disagree, but we would try yeah. to pull up other things to support our argument or our debate um, regarding certain topics. But otherwise, we usually we usually are on the same page in regards to things where whether it's budget or um, family life and stuff like that. So that's a that's a great thing. And I think that's because we did take a lot of time to learn each other before we got married, Mm. which helped in marriage counseling. I definitely recommend that for anybody out there, whether it's like with uh, 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 it doesn't necessarily have to be a minister, but if you are somebody that has a, a faith, then I think it would be great for it to be one of your pastor or something like that. But just anyone that can counsel you before marriage, I mm-hmm. think that's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also you need a tune up. Like I definitely believe after you've been married or even a little while, uh, you know, that you take care of your car. Well, you get an oil change every now and then if your marriage is important to you, you're going to invest in it. So it's important to, you know, do that as well over time. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Like, um, yeah. My therapist says like, don't you, do you go, you know, don't you go to the doctor to get a checkup? Yep. Don't you right. go to the gym to, you know, work mm-hmm. out and do all that? Like, exactly. Yes. You do that for your, you know, your mind or your relationship, mm-hmm. you know, your relationship, your marriage, things like that. You don't have to mm-hmm. make a conscious effort to make it like a weekly thing. You can just go. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I completely agree. And so I remember um, I posted on the blog, a blog post called I'm full time everything. And you were (laughs) like, girl, I can relate to that. Yes. (laughs) And you also mentioned that you give 110% of yourself to your Mm -hmm. relationships. So how did motherhood affect your marriage? Oh, yes. This is a topic I feel like don't a lot of people talk about. Like it's not until after like maybe you're already in it that it happens. So I can definitely say, you know, this was me and Matthew's first child, of course. uh, um, And even just things as simple uh, as how you change the baby's diaper. She's a girl. So you got to wipe a certain way. Or um, when you hold her, hold her like it was every when I say every little thing was getting at us like he was like you always feel like you're what or he would get a, like I mean that's where the arguments occurred honestly I would say mm-hmm. um and like I think he would get frustrated and be like okay well you do it then no this is your child too I'm just saying right. I'm just saying I, I'm spending all this time with her so I know like try it this way and so once again, it came to communication, how we communicate with one another. But there are things like that. And then, like, you feel different about your body, you know, after mm-hmm. having a baby. Everything don't look the same. 
your boobs get a little saggy, okay? From like if you breastfeeding or pumping, you know, every you just feel different about stuff. Yeah. Um, and so you might not want to be that do some of the same things with your spouse that you did in the beginning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It takes some time to get that intimacy necessarily back. Men don't never, they ain't never off, I feel like. They, you know, you just mm-hmm. walk past them. You could have rollers in your head, boogers in your nose. They don't care. They do not care about that. They do not care. But women on it, we're different. Well, not, I can't speak for all women, but at least I was. I'm like, there are certain things that I had to, I had to feel a certain way before I was ready to even like, you know, get back that intimacy. So that was a struggle too. I just think there's so many different little things that no one tells you about being a mom or being mm-hmm. a father um mm-hmm. like we don't have those conversations like why ain't nobody talk about that yeah. like why didn't nobody uh, yeah the baby you know everybody's excited for the baby to come and this and that but those long hours for the at least for that first full year or Camille is the only child okay so she's full rotten <laughs> and guess what she slept in our bed last night and a lot of nights and she five okay <laughs> you see what I'm saying she got a big old beautiful room in there, all types of stuff. But she wants to see. So there's so many different little things. Nice. Um, and it's not, it's in regards to that, it's not just even me. It's my husband sometimes too. I was like, put her back in her bed. Yes. He's like, she's sleeping. So, okay, okay then. Then we got to sneak around, try to figure out when we're going to have time to be intimate because yes. she in our bed all the time. You get what I'm saying? So <laughs> those are the things that I feel like um, are not talked about enough and are important because that does change the dynamics of your relationship. Definitely. I definitely uh, try to ask all the moms out there that yeah. question because mm-hmm. I just know, I mean, it, it one, I know how it was when I was little. The yeah, me being little, that I had on my mom and dad. I was, <laughs> you know, the girl, and I was yes. the only child for six years. And mm, even yeah, on social media the other day, I saw this video, and the I think it was Remy Ma and her. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, I saw and she that. Was like trying to kiss Slap. her husband, and the girl was yep. like, no, and pushing yes. her back. Yes. And that's exactly how I was as okay. a kid. I told my mm-hmm. mom, you are nothing and daddy is everything. Oh. And, and I was yes. playing and I was yeah. definitely in the mix. I was not yep. They yep. Were kissing or anything like that. Yep. I was like, I'm calling your mama. I call my grandma <laughs> and be like, my mom and daddy are kissing. <laughs> like that broke they my gotta heart. Stop. Like, yeah. Yep. And Camille's a daddy's kid? girl too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, what has been the hardest thing for you about raising a daughter, and what mm-hmm. have you learned about yourself during this transition? One thing that I've learned raising a daughter in the transition and everything, because we're spending so much time with each other, I feel like I'm the this like the one that has to discipline the most parent because we're with each other all all day or whatever. And I really think she'd be getting tired of my shit, period. Like, she'd be like, I see you all day, every day. I mean, you know, so when daddy comes in, he's literally like Black Panther Superman or something. You get what I'm saying? Like, he comes in and rescues. He He's a fun one. You get what I'm saying? I got to try to make her read, write her name, her numbers, all that type of stuff. So I'm not the fun parent all the time. You get what I'm right. saying? And then... Another thing that I've learned is really hard to discipline the you out of your child, 
okay? She looks like her daddy, but she acts like me. She acts like the adult version of me at that. Like, I remember as a child not being who I am today, of course. Like, I'm very blunt. I'll say whatever. Like, Camille, it's like that. And I was thinking, like, girl, who is you talking to? Like, she acts like a teenager and she's five. Like, what is what am I gonna do with her when she becomes like 10 or 12 or 13? I'm hoping, you know, these that'll be transitions because For sure. that's the hard part. Like she be sounding like me, and I just be like, oh my God. Like, I'm telling you. I don't that's the hard part. Look, well, just just <laughs> to give you a little ye faith, okay? Cause Ooh. I was the same way. And it's because, like you said, y'all are around each other all the time. So she yep. is watching you. She is listening. She is, and she is yeah. imitating you. And yeah. <laughs> I used to do that with my mom. My mom talked crazy all the time. Yep. Okay? And I would go to school talking crazy to the kids. Like <laughs> how my mom be talking. To the point, yeah. I literally got in trouble. My teacher yep. called a parent-teacher mm-hmm. conference or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, she had a, she remembered the exact line that I was telling all the kids. Ooh. And then like Tia said this, da da da. And my mom was like, Who said that? Like, and it's like, and then my mom had <laughs> said something to me for saying that. And she's yeah. like, is that too? Like, Ooh. like you like basically she getting this from you. She getting it from you, yeah. And then mm-hmm. I, um, but honestly, like, as I got older, the whole, like, me uh-huh. being daddy's girl thing kind of, like, faded away when it was time for me to go shopping. And my mom yes, it because she was like, it's all right. Yeah, he the man. <laughs> now, shop, and when you need, you know, something mm-hmm. like this, you we going to be best friends. So I'll wait. Exactly. Yeah. We are best friends now. Yep. Like, Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that because right now she's <laughs> just daddy's girl. Like, seriously. <laughs> She loves me sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Yep. Oh my gosh. So you are a wife, you're a mom, you're a boss. What struggles are you having with finding balance right now? And do you yeah. give one role more attention? Like, are you more focused on work or are you more focused on, you know, your role as a wife or just being there for Camille as her mom? Right. Um, mm, that that's tough. Um, I in regards to balance, I tried to make sure that, like, especially when things weren't like they were pre-COVID nineteen. Um, like say for example, if I had to go to a conference for my sorority or something like that, mm-hmm. I made sure when I got back that all my attention went to my family, went to Camille and my husband because. Camille would be with my husband you see what I'm saying if it was like a three-day conference or if it was like a week or something like that um so and I know how involved I am there's always something going on related to my sorority you know what I mean pre-COVID anyways now everything is kind of virtual so that's a great balance like I could I was literally in chapter meetings with my laptop in front of me and playing outside with Camille. Like, okay, like that, that type of balance I appreciate from COVID, honestly, yeah. because I didn't feel like I was um, not being there for Camille because I was giving more attention to sorority stuff. Mm-hmm. Work is just work. I feel like the hardest part right now is that there is no separation between work and home. 
that is my toughest struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, recently I made sure because for the last, like several weeks, at least 12 weeks, I was sitting in our dining room table with all of my work stuff there. Mm-hmm. So I had my husband give me a desk and a chair and everything like that so that I could literally make sure that my workstation was separate from anything that was kind of part of our home. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, it's still on our main level, but that's because I need to be able to see what Camille's doing, watching her during the day when I'm actually working. Right. So just that, even that little aspect of just making sure that I had a separate desk and, you know, um, air, a separate, like a work actual area away from my dining room table has actually helped a lot. Yeah. So, um, really it's just a matter of trying to make sure that everyone's happy. Like if Camille said to me and she would, sometimes she would say like, mommy, you're always gone. Are you going off with your sorority sisters or blah, 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 you know? And sometimes that would get to me. And so if she's saying that, that means that, okay, I need to refocus something like, okay, I'm not going to be there that Saturday for this because we're going to be doing this for my family. Um, so those would the, would be how I would try to balance things with just to make sure that if I know I'm going to be gone doing outside business for a couple of days at a time or something like that, or would be gone the most of the evening, then I would have to make up for that next, as soon as I could the next time, something has to be let go a couple, you're going to have to miss something basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That that does sound like good balance because you're still mm-hmm. doing things that you want to do, you know, and right. Because that's still important as well. Mm-hmm. But you're also mindful of that and planning to, you know, do more things. Yeah. As well, so that I think that's that's definitely a good balance, and that's something that I'll take note for myself mm-hmm. when, mm-hmm. when I have, when I yes a, yes you know. um so working from home mm-hmm. and then you're homeschooling your daughter tell us mm-hmm. about that experience um it was very tough very very tough um it was yeah that was probably I, I definitely feel like I was depressed those first couple of weeks of doing it because mm-hmm. work was stressful we were on conference calls a lot of the day right. and then the work it was kind of I mean she was only in pre-k Um, But still, it was like the amount of stuff that they were having them do. And because she's younger, she Mm. needed some one-on-one attention. So literally, I have like a headpiece on my head Mm. and going over to her to give her the instructions on what she had to do next Mm -hmm. or set her up on a separate computer for a Zoom call. So I would say that was very stressful. But as the time uh, went on, we established a routine. Camille Mm kind of knew what to do. I'm like, okay, say, go ahead and say a prayer really quick. Then start writing your name. And she knew exactly what to do without me necessarily have to be, be right there with her. Um, but that was, yeah, homeschool. But I can say this, uh, from homeschooling, I do feel like Camille learned much more from me than she probably would have learned in the classroom because I was able to give her that one-on-one attention. I'm, I'm very attentive to detail. Yeah. And so... I'm, I've always kind of been like, almost like a perfectionist a little bit. Sometimes that is a downside to me as well, mm-hmm. because I want everything to be right. Mm-hmm. But she learned a, not, a lot. Like I had um, one of my neighbors come over and she has two sons. One is in kindergarten, the other one is in second grade. And I literally have, if you look at our morning room, which is basically Camille's also learning center now, 
Um, I literally have um, like uh, vowels all over the walls. I have uh, words all over the words, words that I want her to, you know, remember and stuff. She was like, oh, she was like, she learning vowels? I'm like, yeah, girl. that was on me. They ain't the, that one in the curriculum, okay? Mm. I, I knew that there were things that I wanted her to learn to yeah. try to prepare her for. Um, so it's been going great. So I can say, even though it was stressful, I think it was worth it. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you say to the people who are like, people complaining about spending time with their kids? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what would you say to those people? Yes. So I would say to those people and is this, like, it is very stressful, okay? Especially if you're working from home and homeschooling. Most of the people or the women, mostly women that I knew that homeschooled their kids, they didn't have full-time jobs at the same time. That's the difference. It is stressful. You're telling me that I need to work at 100%, but I also have to take, take care of my child and the child can't take care of themselves. So yes, it is stressful. Now, of course, I guess if you're going to sit your child in front of a TV or an iPad the entire time, then maybe it's not that bad. But if you're really trying to give them some education or yes. something like it, then you're going to be stressed, period. <laughs> Parents need breaks, okay? Right. Like, we do need, we need a break sometimes. So, um, and some people, every, you know, social media, it is what it is. Everybody got something to say, you know, mm-hmm. about everything. So, if you're going to put something out there, you got to be willing and able to take some criticism that might not agree with yours. You get what I'm saying? So like, you right. won't catch me putting too much of it. Like, if I don't want your opinion about it, then I'm, I'm probably not going to put it out there. But when you, once it's out there, you're going to get the critics. Okay. They're going to yeah. have something to say, whatever the case may be. You just got to be able to deal with it. It is what it is. That's what social media is. Honestly. What would you like your daughter to know about gender roles, marriage, Mm -hmm. and balancing family and career? Yeah, so with gender roles, I would tell her that don't do necessarily what society or even religion necessarily has has told you to do. Whatever works for you and your spouse, that's what you got to look at. Um, Because, you know, of course, there are some things like I do do most of the cooking, but if my husband loves to cook, yes, I will let him cook, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, like you have to decide what things work for your relationship, for your marriage. Um, you know, you have certain generations where the women stayed at home and had babies and clean. Uh-uh, we both working, right? Sometimes yes. I might be working longer hours than you. No. Nah. And you want me to cook? We're going to do takeout or we're going to figure it out. Like, it's food in there. Like, so... You have to decide, (laughs) you have to decide what works for you and your spouse. Um, But I do, I I, I have also been very mindful that I have to be careful on how I even speak around, like you said, because she's always watching and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I never want her to feel like it's okay to make my husband feel like I'm trying to check her or check him. You get what I'm saying? And her to see that. Mm-hmm. because then she'll try to go and do it herself. So I feel like if we have to have a conversation that's really, you know, something, we got to have that behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. I never want her to feel like it's okay to disrespect the man or, or vice versa. And my husband knows mm-hmm. that as well. So those type of things are important. And I'm always saying to him, you know, like, it's important that we, even how you act with me and 
like she is going she's going to see that you know whatever you do she's going to pick up on that and she'll look for that in a spouse mm-hmm. like more than likely she will so those type of things um are important but i i want her to know that whatever works for you guys let that work and keep people out of your business period like my husband used to always say uh, he saw a lot of similarities in me with his mother his mom or whatever mm-hmm. And I'll be like, oh, okay. And I do see some of the aspects in regards to like loving the family, taking care of the family, um, and just being a woman of God. But I'm like complete opposite of her when it comes to like giving my opinion. Like she is very, she's the like, she's such a sweetheart. She really is, but she's very humble. I remember early on in our relationship, here my in-laws have a conversation with one another. And my mother-in-law was saying something. And then my father-in-law said something. And then um, it was just like shut down. Like, you get what I'm saying? Shut down the conversation. I was just thinking like, (laughs) (laughs) So we are not the same in that aspect, but it works for them. It works for them. Like that, she she is a beautiful woman inside and out. That's who she is. and you know we what we got is work. It, it's working for exactly. us too. You get what I'm yep. saying? You so there are things where yes, you have to figure out what works for you and your spouse. You get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So mm-hmm. even though I was on the outside looking in, like dang, you just you ain't got nothing else to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> look, that's that to each his own. Period. Like right. just as long as you both feel don't feel disrespected in that process, right? Mm-hmm. So as a wife and mom, do you feel pressure to portray a more put together and positive image of those roles? Do you appreciate other platforms showing the realities of these roles? Yes. Yes. No, I do appreciate that. Um, I do feel like in society, like we put a lot of pressure um, on women to do things a certain way, like when when you leave the house or and yeah no there are certain things that you should do before you leave the house you should look you should present yourself in a certain way you know you should never leave the house looking a certain way and that's something I just feel about myself um whether people or society agree with that or not um but yes um I do there are a couple of different people that I follow on social media that are very open about that everything is not uh reality you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I actually have a sorority sister of mine um, who recently, she she blocked, like, I think what has gained more interest is because she has literally just been telling, like, a lot of the stuff that's not so pretty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She has three children, and um, her one of her children um, has, like, a learning disability and so forth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she talks about that a lot. And, like, you know, people can agree with that. And it's when people feel like they can um, see themselves and what you're talking about, then they're more able to watch it or be, you know, forward and stuff like that. Because social, you know, when we put our pretty pictures up there, of course, yeah, Mm -hmm. there was probably a hundred or 200 shots it took to get that one nice photo that we Mm -hmm. got posted or that picture perfect picture of that couple. And that sometimes that gets to me a little bit because like, you know, Cleveland is a big little city. Mm -hmm. So we have these couples out there that are well known in the community or whatever. And they, maybe because of the things that they do and their work or whatever the case may be like, but they market themselves as a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then 
but the streets always talk. That's you hear what I'm saying? Talking. So you always hear about situations on the background that, but you're out here like picture perfect. Picture honey. perfect. Like, I saw the police report move like that. Is, <laughs> oh Lord, no. <laughs> like I'm just. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. every. I just. Let's, I I prefer someone that shows that balance. Not saying to put your business out there. No, right. not do that. But don't always come across as as if everything is perfect because mm-hmm. no relationship is perfect. Right. Um, just there's always something better to me in a, in that honesty, like showing like your everyday to an extent where people can receive it and be like, "Dang, yes, girl, I've been there, yes. right there with you." Yeah, yes. you know, as yeah, so. Um, yeah, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yes, for sure. Okay. Like, it was just like, do you feel pressure to portray or put together and put positive images out there yourself? Yeah, I think I do to an extent, but um, I never want people to think that I'm perfect. And most people know that about me. Like, mm-hmm. they know that I'm not um, perfect. Like, they know that I love the Lord, but they mm-hmm. know I also love some trap music when I'm feeling tipsy or with my friends or something like that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm a, it, there, there has to be that balance. Um, so I try to present the most uh, genuine part of me, like who I really am, not who I want people to perceive me as. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. great. So speaking of social media, you recently mentioned on Instagram, the importance of educating our children about black lives matter how did you mm-hmm. explain to your daughter what's going on today? Oh, yes. Okay. So it was, we were watching, I was watching something on the news, like CNN or something. And they were talking about, you know, all the protests. And my, my, my daughter was saying like, why are they protesting? Mm-hmm. And so remember, she's only five and a half. So to try to describe to her why they were protesting and why we were chanting Black Lives Matter. And she, so I told her, I was like, uh, you know, they're chanting Black Lives Matter because Black, as Black and Brown people, we are not, our lives are being taken away from us just based on the color of our skin. I remember when I first, when she first heard Black Lives Matter, she was like, but mommy, all lives matter. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, you're, you're right. All lives do matter. But what we're trying to say is that we want our black lives to matter just as important as our white counterparts, mm-hmm. the people who don't look like us. Mm-hmm. And right now we're not equal. I was like, unfortunately, people are, there are, be- there are bad things happening to people that look like you and mommy just because of the way that we look, not yeah. because anything else. And they're frightened. And I'm like, she was like, wow, like, that's just like, you're right, mommy, Black Lives Matter. And then she just started chanting, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> and so then, but I also, on top, it's, it is kind of hard to explain that. So I did um, have her watch that Sesame Street uh, with, and PBS uh, thing that they had or whatever that talked about racial injustice. It was like, I think it was Elmo and Elmo's dad. And uh-huh. um, he was saying how he was at Elmo was asking why are there protests going on? And then the dad was explaining that. So I had to watch that video. I try to find stuff where if I can explain it to, you know, for her in a way for her to receive it, I'll try to find things that would help her. And then I buy her books all the time, even from 
um, like when, before she was here at the baby shower, like I asked people to buy books instead of cards because I wanted her to have a diverse amount of books. And I tried to find her books that talk about black people and uh, just having pride in yourself and about stuff that she's, she might not learn in our history books about black history. Right. Like she has a book that's, um, I can't think of the author right now, but it's called Little Leaders. And it's nothing but Black women history facts about every woman you can probably think of and then some. Like from going back all the way to like Harriet Tubman to like today's day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I try to get her things that I feel like would endorse that so that she has pride in herself and that she knows that right now we are, we're, we're, we are different. There are certain things that you might not be able to do that you're other friends might be able to get away with and you just got to be I feel like if you educate them early on about that then they will be more prepared in the world and won't be frightened when something bad maybe happens I love that I love that and I think that's very important um the kind of books that you just mentioned like seeing positive Mm -hmm. images of black right especially yes remind her that she can do anything you know yes you definitely didn't have that growing up no no not 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 one (laughs) not one we did and and like you um like with the black images my mom made sure like even Mm -hmm. I don't even think they had like a lot of black Christmas angels when I was little my mom would like buy the white ones and she would color Mm -hmm. them and just come on now mama yeah bring out that (laughs) pen she does <laughs> everything that we had in the house you know because mm-hmm. for a long time like it was you just seeing white people yeah and white people be doctors and white people yeah mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of like black tv shows like right and so yes. I think that's very important um for our youth today especially like mm-hmm. the black lives matter movement going on I think that's one of the good things, you know, yes. um, recently coming out yep. with companies reconsidering like their representation yes. of black women and black yes. people. Uh-huh. And so I just think this up and coming generation, they're going to have definitely, yes. I don't know, some for change, sure. Some change. Yes, I agree. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, I yeah. think it's a good space to take a small break. We're going to go pay some bills and we'll be right back. All right. Hey, girl. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by the Millennial Wives Club. We are a community of supportive women who just so happen to be millennial wives. Hence the name. We are actually more than just wives. We are mothers. We are bosses. We are friends, we are leaders in our community, daughters, sisters, and so much more. Despite the name, the Millennial Wives Club, you do not have to be a wife to join the club, but you do have to aspire to be a wife. If you are a woman who has a passion for connecting and supporting like-minded women, looking for a tribe to remind you that you are not alone, and don't mind going places with strangers who turn into sister friends, Join us. Just go to the website, themillennialwivesclub.com slash join the club for more details on how to join your local chapter or how to start your own. All right, girl, we'll see you then. Now let's get back into the show. Welcome back, guys. 
Latrice, thank you so much for sharing your story today and coming onto the show and giving us mm. all the gems. Yes. The honesty and the realness mm. and the laughs. I really, really enjoyed <laughs> having you today. Thank you. No problem. And so I just have one last question for you. Okay. And so what would you like to tell the women out there who feel like they are full-time everything and Mm. they are overwhelmed with the transition they're in today? Yes. If I could say anything, I would say make sure that you make time for self-care. Like one thing that I've learned is that if you cannot live to your best potential just within yourself there's no way that you'll be able to uh provide the needs to your husband to your child or to anybody else on outside, outside of your household to your job you can't be 100 percent on your job so you have to take time for yourself mm-hmm. and then of course being full-time everything you yeah okay that that becomes very overwhelming mentally and on your body like yes. uh, uh, some people you know during quarantine, it was like, girl, I came out, you know, this way or that way or whatever, you know, and like, whatever that is, whatever. And I don't feel like no one should have came out of quarantine feeling like they had to live up to a certain standard, like, oh, you should have been getting it in, in your house, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not, that doesn't work for everybody. And why put that type of pressure on ourselves? So whatever it is that makes you feel good, Whatever that is, do that because you'll be healthier in the long run and you'll be able to help others outside of yourself if you take care of yourself first. So stay true to yourself. Do what makes you feel happy um, and just try to be your authentic self. Don't don't live up to what everybody else is doing. Oof, I love that. That part right yeah. there. Live up to your authentic <laughs> self. Yes. Oh my gosh. So many like people need to say that more often. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, and, and you know what? I, I know that is a tough part in regards to our generation as millennials. You know, we love Instagram. We love Twitter yeah. and all this other stuff. And we like there are women out there who inspire us. And we're like, wow, mm-hmm. they do this, that and that, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that. Like, oh, I want to do that. It's all nice. But look, we only seeing we're seeing the one side of that story. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened on the background. Yep. We don't know what she did to get that waist to snatch this. It is, you know what I'm saying? Those angles, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, you don't know everybody's story. Honestly, you know, the parts that they want to share that they mm-hmm. want you to know. So whatever makes you happy, you just got to live up to that. Honestly, um, it's okay to have people things that you admire to strive for and all of that but be realistic about some things Mm -hmm. everybody ain't gonna be Beyonce and Jay you know that it just it just is what it is you know just be happy with who you are yes and on that note we (laughs) will see you guys next time thank you so much Latrice for being on the show thank you for having me Tia no problem All right. Bye, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Well, all right, friends. That's all I got. Until next time, thank you for tuning in to Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson. I hope you enjoyed the show. For show notes and submission of questions, please visit www.accordingtotia.com. But before you do that, 
can you do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast? And while you're there, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. I would really appreciate your feedback and your support. And if you're not already following me at According to Tia or at the Millennial Wives Club, you are missing out. I'll catch you on the next episode. I'm not afraid. See, I don't wanna block what God has for me. Watching what I feed my mind, good energy. Good energy. And I let go the people that's no good for me.